2: we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, Right. What if there was a place so awful they called it the Devil's Garden? We will talk about that today on our history story, and it's going to be a infuriating, fun, crazy day on the Jesse Kelly Show. Why infuriating? I have an ad, a recruiting ad, for the Central Intelligence Agency. I'm not making it up. I verified it with three different places that it was real before I played it for you on the air. It's real. Your jaw is going to hit the floor. I'm going to play that for you about an hour from now. We have everything underneath the sun from more coronavirus hypocrisy, a puff piece about Christy Nome in the New York Times. I'll tell you why they're doing these things. All that and much, much, much more coming up today on the Jesse Kelly Show on a Monday. I'm trying to dial it down a notch today. As you know, as I told you last week, the in-laws are in town. So needless to say, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) What, Chris? We can get, no, I'm kidding. They're wonderful people. All right. World War II, Germany, Britain, North Africa. Let's talk about the players here for a moment. First of all, when we talk about Winston Churchill, and this is, isn't really critical to the story, I just want you to understand something about Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill was a big shot in the government in World War I. He had this suggestion that the Brits storm into Gallipoli that they would take over that part of it fairly easily, and that it would change World War I for the British. It turned out to be a disaster. The Turks, the Ottomans fought a lot better than they thought. And Winston Churchill was tossed from the government. People, people don't realize that this guy was on the outs. He was persona non grata. And then over a period of time, fought his way back to being the man in charge. Now, that's the Churchill part of it. One thing you need to understand about North Africa. Because I'll tell you, when I first started doing a bunch of reading about World War II and documentaries and all these things, I always found it so odd that any fighting was going on in North Africa. What? Why? Who? What point is that? Well, here was kind of the point of it. There was a two-part thing. One, Italy. Italy in World War II and frankly... World War 1 and and honestly just all the time Italy completely worthless when it comes to military stuff. It, it, worthless does not even do it justice. The, we've discussed this before the funding disparity. You know Germany's military budget was 7 billion, Italy's was 700 million during World War 2. But it was it went deeper than that. I don't know the reasoning. Obviously I have fun joking about Italians but I don't know why their leadership was bad, their gear was bad, their training was bad, they were cowardly, they were terrible. And Mussolini is Hitler's partner in this whole World War II thing. Mussolini had had some embarrassments up to this point, and it turned out he kind of pressed Hitler, and hey, let us, we'll go down to North Africa and take care of some things there. Hitler looks at that and thinks to himself, okay, Shouldn't be too bad. We could get something valuable out of this too. What could the Germans get? Well, what does the Middle East have? Oil and a lot of it. And the German war machine takes a lot of it. All, all the war machines at this point take a lot of it. So he's thinking, okay, let's push into North Africa. We'll push east and go take the oil fields and then we'll have all the oil we'll ever need. And surprise, surprise, Italy gets there and promptly get their teeth kicked in at every single turn. So Germany eventually has to take it over and send their own guys down there. And who do they send? The general, one of three names you'll need to know for today called Rommel. They called him the Desert Fox. Rommel storms into Northern Africa with some pretty sweet German tanks and... He proceeds to absolutely start beating the crap out of everybody uh, they, they look they study Rommel and his tactics to this day. This dude was a stud, an absolute stud. should be noted before you start hating him, he was very much a German. And not some crazy Nazi. He thought all the Nazi stuff was idiotic and unpatriotic and whatnot. But this was a career military man. And uh, remember that those guys existed all throughout the German military. They weren't all Nazis. There were plenty of Nazis there. But there, he was just a German military dude and a genius. And Germany, they just field these guys. They always seem to have these military commanders who are studs. It's, I don't know whether it's a mentality in that country or what. But World War I, they had the best generals. They were just awesome. Germany. Anyway. So that's the situation on the ground. Germany is now in North Africa. They are storming through people, heading east, heading for those oil fields, heading from west to east in Africa. What's the situation on the Allied side? Well, Hitler's taken Europe. Hitler is now in the, Soviet, in, the, in the Soviet Union, and this is 1942. It's not going that poorly yet in the Soviet Union. In fact, they're taking over huge parts of the Soviet Union. It's not necessarily looking yet like this Axis-German war machine is going to be stopped. And what are the Allied wins to this point? Well, pretty much none it's it's hard for us to think about that now because we see the war in 2020, hindsight. But for the longest time, by this point in time, the Allies had done nothing but lose and try to regroup and be back on their heels. They didn't, We didn't have wins. What's America doing? Well, remember, December 1941, we get attacked in Pearl Harbor, so we're in the war now. We've been in the war a little less than a year at this point. And Roosevelt has a problem on his hands. We lose sight of, of how much wars and huge decision-making in wars comes down to politics, and that's not uniquely American. That's just the history of the world. Roosevelt's situation is this. We declare war on Japan. Everyone knows short time later Hitler declares war on us, which is still inexplicable, so we're like, okay, well we'll declare on you war on you too. So we're we're technically at war with Japan and Germany. However, Americans, while in general didn't have a lot of love for Adolf Hitler as you can imagine, that kind of ideology was flatly rejected here. Americans didn't have a problem with Germany though. This is pre-Holocaust Germany. This is pre a lot Why would the Americans be mad at Germany in 1942? Germany hasn't really laid a finger on us. Americans were very, very, very mad at Japan. You've seen those pictures, those World War II era pictures of the recruiting lines lined up around the block. They were there to fight the Japanese, not the Germans. Oh, yeah, Hitler, I don't like him. Oh, I want to kill every Japanese person on Earth. That was the feeling back then. Roosevelt, however, and as much as I despise him, he's probably not wrong about this. Roosevelt felt that we could fight the war in the Pacific in a decent enough way to kind of hold serve over there against Japan, but we should take out Germany first. He felt that Germany was... The bigger menace, the bigger problem. Again, I don't like Roosevelt. He's probably not wrong about that, though. But how do you, if if you're the American president, and the American people are mad at Japan, what are you going to do to shift their focus? Well, this is when it gets a little morbid. Hang on. Buckle up for that. And uh, wait a minute. Critical race theory going down? Hang on. I hated quitting dipping, and it wasn't just that I hated the process. You know, I hated the stupid nicotine patch I tried, which was dumb, and I hated the bubble gum, and I hated all that. It wasn't just that I hated that. It made me feel like a failure, to be honest with you. You feel like a failure because you're trying to quit, or, Oh, I'm going to quit, and I'm totally going to quit. I'm quitting. Uh, Honey, I promise I'm going to quit and then you find yourself buying a can and you feel guilty about it, you feel like you're buying drugs, and then you put one in and you don't even enjoy it as much as you used to because you feel bad about it, then you feel bad about yourself, you can break all this cycle. Go get Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew works. It will help you quit dipping, and it's tobacco-free, and it's nicotine-free. Go! Break free of it today. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's Jake's Mint chew.com use the promo code Jesse that's J-E-S-S-E for 20% off it is the jesse kelly show 877-377-4373 jesse at jesse we got michael Malice coming up as he always does a little over an hour from now i can't wait to ask him what he thinks about this critical race theory w we got here In fact, we're notching a couple W's against this insane critical race theory stuff. Why? What's happening out there? I will tell you why it's a very, very good thing and maybe a bad thing, depending on how you want to look at it here in a little while. Back to our North Africa campaign. Americans, 1942. They're not mad at Germany. They're really mad at Japan. They're not mad at Germany. Roosevelt wants to tackle Germany first. How is he going to accomplish this? How is he going to, I mean, we are always have another election coming up. How is he going to stay in power? If he has the American people disagreeing with how he prosecutes the war, well, he has to have some anger towards the Germans. The only way you're going to get this anger towards the Germans is if Germans are killing Americans. That's the truth. He needs some American blood on German hands. So he chooses to kind of tiptoe his way into it by offering the British support in northern Africa. We're not getting to the American involvement just yet. This is the Brits and the Germans. Now, what's what's happening right now in northern Africa? Remember, the Desert Fox, Erwin Rommel, is storming through the place. He's heading from west to east, heading for the oil fields. And everybody is on their heels right now. And the British the British are really at an extreme disadvantage because this is a tank war. When we're talking about this war in northern Africa, understand we're, it's a tank war. Tanks, anti-tank mines, anti-tank guns. You have airplanes there, mainly the British airplanes, but you have airplanes there, but their job is attacking the tanks. This is a tank war. The Brits have been on their heels for a lot of reasons. One, Rommel's really, really good. Two, the British tanks are a major problem, at least at this point. Why are they a major problem? Well, being in a tank would be a horrifying thing, I've always thought. Allow me to step aside here for a moment. I don't like vehicle combat. I've discussed this with you before. Not that I don't think it's cool. I, I The thought of doing it, I don't enjoy it because I feel like I have a lack of control. Uh, you know, the, the naval battles... I don't think – I would not enjoy being in a naval battle, not that anyone enjoyed it, but the thought that I'm completely out of control, I have I have nothing to do with whether or not a shell is about to land in my lap and turn me into dust. You don't know when it's coming. You have no control. There's nothing you can do about it. I don't like that. And the tanks, when it comes to tank battles, remember, because this is going to be applicable today – Tank battles in my opinion are uniquely terrible. Why are they uniquely terrible? Because lots of time you burn to death. You're in a gigantic steel box full of fuel and bombs. Well, ammunition and black powder and you're just you're sitting on a matchbox and you're inside of it and there's a locked hatch and it's just really really ugly. And not only might you burn to death, you might have no idea it was even coming. Something we lose sight of when it comes to tank battles. Something you'll think of next time you watch a a documentary or a movie with tanks in it. How terrible the visibility is. You can only have so many places to look. Otherwise, you're weakening the armor. You don't want people shooting through it. So you have these wee little slots and when you hear these old tankers describe fighting tank battles, they'll describe scenes where they'll, they'll turn and just, boom, there's a tank right in their field of vision. They didn't even know it was there. They're looking at you. You don't know they're there. It's just, no thank you. And it gets worse for the British. The British tank doesn't really have a gun that can penetrate the German tank's armor. German tanks were dynamite. And the German tank... Can easily penetrate the British armor. They made their tanks lighter. Well, they haven't changed laws of physics. If your tank's lighter, that means it's missing something. What's it missing? Armor. The Germans were just better at it. And Rommel was better at it. So they tear across the northern African desert. We're talking miserable hot desert. That's going to come into play here shortly. Miserable, hot desert, and they're blowing through, absolutely blowing through them. Rommel's plan is this. He now thinks he can wipe the the, the British out. He's going to try a big flanking maneuver. He did this all the time where instead of taking them, flanking maneuver is instead of taking them head on, You try to circle around and hit them from the sides or hit them from behind. People say flanking all the time, and I realize a lot of people probably don't even know what that word means. That's what flanking means. Hit them from the sides, hit them from behind. And Rommel was awesome at this. The British have dug in. This is really one of their last stand places. They've dug in. They have a great defensive line. And they take on the Germans. But Rommel, and now we're about to get to a yo-yo portion in this whole famous, famous battle, the most famous tank, tank battle of all time, the Battle of El Alamein. Rommel has a situation. Remember this, whenever anybody talks about combat or a battle ever, you must have supply lines. It's not something anybody talks about in the movies or whatnot because it's boring and it's not sexy. Give me the explosions and the bombs and the bullets and the Johnny, I'll save you and all that other stuff. You know what's not sexy? Water. How are we going to drink water? How are we going to eat food? We have men getting wounded and dying every single day. How are we going to get them from this place back to a hospital? How are we going to get fuel? How are these things govern combat? Rommel has pushed so far away from his supply lines because he's moved so fast and done such a good job, but he's moved so far past his supply lines. He's running out of things. He's running out of, he's running out of water. The British RAF, the Royal Air Force is now slaughtering his supply lines that he does have. They're bombing the water trucks, the fuel trucks, and This is at a time when Germany probably could really, really reinforce Rommel if they wanted, but everything's a matter of priorities, isn't it? What else did Germany have going on in 1942? Germany was in the Soviet Union. What they thought was this. Okay, we put Rommel down there. He's been winning victory after victory after victory. We'll be fine He's not going to need much in the way of reinforcements or supplies because he's so great. We can just focus everything else on the Soviet Union. So you have Rommel down there running out of things. Tanks are breaking, re- missing food, and he's asking the German high command, uh, any, anyone want to help? I, I need I need stuff. Could anyone get me some stuff? They're focusing all their attention On the Soviet Union at this point in time, so he has no more stuff. He's down to fewer tanks than the British have. He's down to 228. He started out with like 600. The British have like 400. And he gets to a place where the British are dug in. I will tell you how that goes in just a second. You know, I never have to change a filter in my Eden Pure Thunderstorm, my air purifier. I hated always having to change those old filters. It sucked. And you know what I'm talking about, the air purifiers, the two, three-foot towers that take up half the room. You never have to change a filter in the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It's just there producing super oxygen for you. I'm not making that up, by the way. Sonic Technology produces super oxygen that purifies your air the same way nature does after a thunderstorm. That's why once you plug it in, I highly recommend this to people, plug it in and then go to work, leave the house for a while, come back. I I could taste how clean the air was when I walked back in my home. I own three of these things. That's how great they are. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. That gets you ten bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three Jesse at jesse dot com. Remember, you can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm also on locals. We have Medal of Honor Monday today, as we always do on a Monday. This is this is a good one. It was a listener suggested one and it is a dang good one. Every single Monday for you new listeners, we read a Medal of Honor citation on the show. Just to honor the men, to remember them, to remember their actions. And this, this CIA ad, I almost wanted to play it for you now. It's, it's, it's so jaw-dropping that it's real. I'm going to play it for you in about 24 minutes. This, it's, a, it's a recruiting ad for the Central Intelligence Agency. And you're going to email me and say, Jesse, that's not real. You made it up. On my life, I did not. I did not invent this. All right, let's get back to the the Battle of El Alamein, part 1, frankly. Rommel's worn down throws himself against a dug-in British line. And not only are the British dug in, they're starting to get things. What things? Tanks from the United States of America. The American manufacturing machine is starting to churn and burn. And we have given them grant tanks by this point in time. That means nothing to you. And it doesn't have to mean anything to you. Just know this. It has a lot more armor and two guns. And now we're equipping the British with things they need to actually beat the Germans. Rommel is in a situation. He pretty much has to get through this line because his supply lines behind him are so stretched out. He has to blow through the British and get to other ones in the in the east. So he throws himself against this line. And th- this goes on for days, three days, I believe. And he simply cannot get through. He cannot get through. He- he's not sure. He's not sure exactly what to do by now because you really can't retreat. Nevertheless, he kind of has to, and he doesn't really retreat. He pulls back from the line. And he does so, again, this is a savvy human being, he does so with the knowledge that British are going to try to wipe him out in North Africa. So instead of really a retreat, it's more of a scouting mission behind him to find the perfect place to defend. And Rommel finds it, at least thinks he finds it. Now, understand this about the desert because I always had this image in my head of the tanks driving through sand dunes and tanks driving through this. No. There are huge parts of the desert, especially this desert, where the ground is actually too soft. The tanks cannot get through. They will simply sink and and, and be stuck forever and gone forever. And it's not like there's a small patch of this or two. There's an ocean of it. You get to a place... And it it might as well be a wall there. Your tank's not going through it. Rommel finds a very narrow path to have to defend, which is what you want. He can't get outflanked because of this sand. The British can't get around him to this one side. He's finding ridgelines. He's finding places with borders. And he digs in. Now, he's way outnumbered by now. The Americans are now sending Sherman tanks, too, which ended up being dynamite tanks for us during the war. Be very proud of yourself, America. Our manufacturing was dynamite. Our technology back home was dynamite. Our society back home had its priorities in line. think maybe we'll get to that in a second. Anyway, we're now sending Sherman tanks. We have... We are way outnumbering the Germans. And I mean, we're talking 10 to 1. He's outnumbered by now. Rama only has about 50 tanks. To to the British have about 500. Many of them are American good tanks. But he's dug in and he does something else. He digs in with these huge anti-tank guns that shoot like 2,000 meters. He digs them in all over the place. And he creates what's called, well, what they called, The Devil's Garden. The Devil's Garden was this. Rommel, because he knew the British were coming, he knew the general direction the British were coming, even though this was a pretty wide front, he lays out these huge anti-tank minefields. And there were tank traps in them and things like that. And and whenever someone says tank trap, just know lots of times they just mean a ditch. You dig a, a, a big enough ditch that has the right angles The tank can't see it in time and falls in and can't get out of it. That's a tank trap. But these anti-tank minefields, the British were terrified of them. I would be terrified of them. Another thing, back to the tank, the, the vehicle battle thing that I can't get over. Imagine you're in a giant steel box. It's loud. You're heading into combat. And you look around and your buddy's tanks in front of you and beside you start blowing up as they're running into mines and you can hear your friends screaming inside the tank. What does that feel like every foot you move forward as you sit inside and or do you wince every time you hit a bump? You bet you do. You bet you do. It should be noted, a fun fact, to this day, they're still finding and digging up the anti-tank mines from Rommel's, from Rommel's Devil's Gardens in Northern Africa. They never could find them all but rommel is absolutely making them earn every single inch of this this is the battle of el alamein part 2 by the way they divided it into two parts cuz it stretched out over a long period of time and in a couple different areas but i just i just call it the battle of el alamein the germans are making them pay but in the end in the end there's too much aircraft superiority for the british For the Allies, there's too much tank superiority. There's simply too much, and they end up defeating Erwin Rommel, who has to tuck tail and run. That is an extremely, extremely condensed version of the Battle of El Alamein. If if tank battles interest you at all, or the Northern Africa battle interests you at all, I would highly recommend you look into it, because it's fascinating but I have a lot I need to get to today, and I just wanted you to know. We win battles, not at the time of the battle. You win battles before the battle begins. There is only any nation, any military, any anything. You only have so much time. You only have so much you can focus on at any given time. You're not God. You can't focus on all of it, even huge, powerful nations. We won World War II based on our technology and our manufacturing, and that's a fact. Japan, at the very beginning of the war, they had pretty much the best planes out there, the Zeros. By the end, we were slaughtering them in the skies. Why? Well, they were still flying the Zeros they had at the beginning of the war, we had several times advanced our planes past them because our technology and our manufacturing could do it. Germany, by the end of the war, always had great designs on their stuff. I mean, they're friggin' German, but the quality was in the toilet. Why? Well... They didn't have enough resources. They didn't have enough time. They didn't have enough focus to make sure the quality stayed up like it was early in the war. Why did we win the battle of El Alamein? Yes, it's partially because of the British General Montgomery. We win that battle because the technology, the focus back home, the manufacturing, it was all there. What I'm trying to tell you is this. I'm about to play you this audio from the Central Intelligence Agency. I'm going to explain to you why this kind of thing is a very, very, very big deal. You ready for this? Hang on. Kelly, you're listening to the Jesse Kelly show. Have you ever talked to any of these super soldier special forces types? I do. I talk to them all the time. And one thing that will hit you if you're paying attention after you talk to them for long enough is how much they obsess over their gear. I- I'm talking about even when they're out, let alone when they're in, even when they're out. It has to be the perfect this, the perfect that, the perfect this, the perfect that. And ask them why. If you ever get the chance, ask them why. And they will tell you. The gear you carry is oftentimes the difference between you dying or coming home to your wife and kids. When I tell you to get a custom-made holster from nwretention.com, Northwest Retention Systems, I mean get a custom holster. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code Jesse at checkout. That gets you 10% off.
1: Families did not ask for this divisive nonsense. Voters did not vote for it. Americans never decided our children should be taught that our country is inherently evil. I know you uh, take issue certainly with that characterization. What is your reaction to this letter?
2: I'd like to kind of reframe the question just a bit because this is fundamentally a free speech issue. If you look at the rhetoric of uh, Senator McConnell and uh, state legislators all across the country that are trying to get bills passed to prohibit the teaching of the 1619 project it's not about the facts of history it's about trying to prohibit the teaching of ideas that they don't like oh
3: boy it is the jesse kelly show Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. 377 jesse at jessekellyshow.com send your love your hate your death threats your ask dr jesse questions It's going to be a Medal of Honor Monday. We got Michael Malice coming up about 40 minutes from now. Going to ask him about all this critical race theory garbage and some other things. But first, priorities. There's a lot happening right now in the United States of America, and I mean a lot, that you don't like and that I don't like. But it doesn't necessarily have a quantifiable cost to it yet. What do I mean by that? Well, I want you to listen here. I want you to listen. This is long. I'm warning you now it's long. I'll probably cut it off early because it's like two minutes long. So that's a warning ahead of time. This is a recruitment ad for the Central Intelligence Agency, America's Spy Network, the largest, most powerful intelligence agency in the world. This is a recruitment ad. Go.
2: When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color, I am a mom, I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise.
3: What? What? I don't even know what half those words mean. Generalized anxiety disorder, cisgender, intersectional. You and I can be tempted to do something when it comes to things like this. And I cut it off early out of mercy for you. But you and I can be tempted to get five minutes of rage and five minutes of laughter out of this. What? These people are crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. This is so nuts right now. And move on. And we will move on. I have so many huge stories today. We, We will move on. But understand this those Sherman tanks that arrived in northern Africa to defeat the Germans, those things came so quickly and got done so well because American priorities back home were the right priorities. The Central Intelligence Agency, the FBI, the military, they don't have enough time To focus on intersectionality and gender neutral. And are we we putting down the white supremacist? There's not enough time to focus on that. And focus on the next war. And focus on our enemies. There's just not enough time. There's not enough focus out there to do all of it. China. China wakes up every single day. And spends all day. Their intelligence agencies. They spend every day, all day doing what? Well, I'll tell you this, they don't spend a single second worried. do we have enough men in here? Are there enough women in here? Do we have are the minorities well, are they represented or with Not one second do they spend on that? They spend every waking second thinking about how to bring the United States of America to its knees and training for that expressed purpose. They have put this out publicly. They have a public plan to bring down the United States of America and take over as number one in the world. They eat, sleep, and breathe it. If if the Chinese are, spe- let's just call it an eight-hour day. It's longer than that. Let's, ca- let's call it an eight-hour day. If they're spending all eight of those hours bringing down the United States of America in their minds, and we're spending four hours trying to bring them down, over time, that can end up being the end of a nation. That's how big that kind of stuff can get. That can be the end of a nation. You don't have time. To where I'm an intersectional cisgender. Go find our enemies and kill them. Hang on.
5: A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council.
3: It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Going to get to Medal of Honor Monday in about 15 minutes from now. We have the TSA extending face mask requirements. How long is that going to last? Oh, we'll talk about that. The French want a military coup. We have PPP money going to China and not you. And we have critical race theory going down in flames in several parts of the country. What is happening out there? There's something bigger happening out there than just critical race theory being shot down. I will go over exactly what that bigger thing is in just a few. But we are going to finish up our thoughts on the CIA and the military and focus in just a second.
4: kelly returns next this is the jesse kelly show
1: um this proposition that we are a systemically racist country your reaction
6: well it's a bunch of horse manure i mean give me a break This country uh, has had more opportunity for more people than any country in the history of the world. And it doesn't matter where you trace your ancestry from. We've had people that have been able to succeed and all. And here's the problem with things like critical race theory that they're peddling. They're basically saying all our institutions are, are bankrupt. And they're, they're illegitimate. OK, so how do you have a society if everything in your society is illegitimate? So it's a very harmful ideology. And I would say uh, really a, a race based version uh, of, of a Marxist type ideology. So we've banned it in our schools here in Florida. We're not going to put any taxpayer dollars to critical race theory. And we want to treat people as individuals, not as members of groups.
3: Ooh, how about that? Heavy D. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget, if you miss any part of our show, including our Battle of El Alamein in World War II, big old tank battle, that was how we opened today. If you miss any part of the show, the whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review talking about how handsome I am. You want to know what's happening in this country? What's already happening? Let's have a talk about it. There's a headline here. In bitterly divided election in South Lake, Texas, opponents of anti-racism education win big. Of course, that's a complete communist propaganda headline. That's from NBC News. What happened was people ran hard against the critical race theory. And won 70 to 30. It wasn't bitterly divided. It was a landslide shellacking. Now, what does that matter? What does that have to do with something big? Let me explain what's happening. Did you see recently there were states that lost congressmen and states that gained congressmen? California lost a couple seats. Texas gained a couple seats. Florida gained a couple seats or a seat. That's another part of it. Set that aside. We have this critical race theory stuff. We have the congressional seats. Now, what do the congressional seats mean? Why are you losing a seat? Why are you winning a seat? You win and lose seats based on your population. My folks are in town right now from Montana. I was talking to my old man yesterday about Montana real estate, and he said, You've never seen anything like it in your life. Now, Montana is, uh, I used to live there. Moved there when I was 10. It's where I graduated high school. I lived there for a long time. Fourth biggest state in the country, but it's only ever had eight hundred, nine hundred thousand 900,000 people. I think it's up, up to a million now. It's huge. And there just aren't very many people in the whole state. Montana's blowing up right now with real estate. My old man was telling me real estate stories. One guy bought a, a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar lot and sold it the next month for five hundred thousand. Insane real estate. The stories I'm hearing from real estate friends I have in Florida, in Texas, in, uh, Idaho. Insane stories where uh, they they were actually it was a it was a conversation we were having where he was yelling about all the bad realtors. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, you don't understand. It's so easy right now to sell real estate in a place like Texas or Florida. You have all these dirtball idiot realtors are making a fortune in it, and the good ones are just getting, I mean, they're not getting lost. They're still making money. But he's like, even the turds are making money. Because any moron with a real estate license can sell homes right now. What's happening in places like New York? Seattle, California, as we talked about, they're leaving in droves. Okay, so you have all that, and then you have this headline. This is from TheBlaze.com. The city of St. Louis is moving toward axing nearly 300 police officer positions and cutting millions from the police department's budget. I believe, if memory serves me, St. Louis was sixth in murder last year, Chris. I know they were top ten. It is one of the most crime-ridden cities, most violent places in the country, and they're defunding their police. So what is all this? What, how does all this tie together? We have heavy D, and we have South Lake banning critical race theory, and we have St. Louis defunding things, and then we have the moving statistics. What is all, Jesse? What are you talking about? That's like ten different stories. Well, for once, it's not that I'm lacking focus. I'm seeing something. Are you seeing it yet? We're already dividing. You can yell and scream at me about how I shouldn't talk about us needing a national divorce and I shouldn't talk about balkanizing. We have to stay and fight and and, and, and all that stuff's fine. Obviously, you're allowed to have opinions too, just like I am. But one thing you have to understand, this is not an opinion. It's already happening. We're already balkanizing. We're already separating. We are racing In different directions right now racing people they don't feel comfortable verbalizing lots of this stuff because we live in such a shame society now people don't want their kids raised in anti-american schools learning critical race theory people don't want to raise their kids in a city that defunds the police and puts a cop on trial every time he has a bad run-in with the black guy. You you have to pretend like you're all about that life. But you don't actually want to live around it. You don't want to be around it. So it's already happening. The country is separating. Consider, consider the things Ron DeSantis alone has done. And I'm actually not doing this as a gigantic kiss-up thing to Ron DeSantis. But I want you to step back for a moment and and picture everything that has happened at a a national level. At a national level, how crazy the left is, how crazy their politics have become, how hard they're moving in one direction. These are the Florida headlines. DeSantis' civics curriculum proposal will expressly exclude critical race theory. DeSantis signs an anti-riot bill into law. DeSantis... Signs a bill banning social media deplatforming. DeSantis says he'll sign a bill banning transgender athletes from women's and girls' sports. These are all real headlines. This is the direction, not just DeSantis in Florida, this is the direction the country is moving hard. What does that mean? Well, it means the nation is already coming apart. You can say that's good. You can say that's bad. I, I, we, we, can, we can argue over the merits of that all day long, but it's already happening. People who want to live under these insane cultural Marxists now are going to live under them. The rest of the country, the country's moving. The country is, is fracturing and, and they're, they're moving apart. The big question I have, and one I don't have an answer to, and one I don't think I would like the answer to the big question is what role does the federal government play in this going forward? I mean, you remember, perhaps you've heard of it, there was a time in our past where some states decided they didn't want to be part of the union anymore and they separated. I realize the Jesse Kelly show is nationwide, so I would call it probably the Civil War, but I know a lot of my listeners will call it the War of Northern Aggression. Whatever you may think, that was not allowed last time. What does it look like in the future if the federal government gets crazy enough and every indication is that they will? What does it look like in the future if the federal government gets crazy enough and... Texas Alabama Florida decide I don't want to be part of this anymore interesting we may travel down this road a little bit today hang on this is the Jesse Kelly show Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it's small and it's quiet. And look, I'm going to get to everything else it does in a second. It's the best air purifier I've ever had by a mile. But honestly, what bothered me about the other ones so much... Is that loud sound at all times in my house? It's mind-numbing. I can't stand it. I plugged in the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and I did. This is before I knew it was quiet. When I first got mine, I plugged it in, and I'm staring at it, and I'm thinking, "Well, why isn't it working? It's not making a bunch of noise. Why isn't it? Why isn't it working?" And then I looked into it. Oh no, that's that's part of what it does. It's working. It's just not blasting you out of your room. It just sits right there in the outlet, small, quiet, cleaning your air. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off.
5: Like me, you're a small. I mean, you're you're a conservative with a small C. Uh, there are ways to run government institutions. There's ways not to run government institutions. I'm not asking you to agree with me here. I love when people disagree with me on this show. But I just got to ask you. You probably heard my rant talking about. Leaks, constant leaks coming from the FBI, constant leaks coming from federal prosecutors. They did it with Coral Rove back in 2005, 2006. Every Friday he was going to be indicted. They did it throughout the Trump administration. They're doing it now. And now the latest is Rudy Giuliani, a guy that, again, I'm horrified by his activities over the past four or five years, but they may not be criminal. But this whole idea that we hang people out there—we say, "Oh, well, we're investigating Rudy for this, and oh, we're investigating Gates for that, and oh, we're investigating Joe D- Genevith for this, oh, we're investigating Victoria Tunzing for this, oh, Don Jr. is going to jail for this, oh, Jared Kushner is going to jail for that," and you read those stories for six months, and then suddenly, poof! Oh, we're not bringing charges. It, it seems—it seems so un-American.
3: It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. When I say things like, how does it manifest itself with the federal government as the states start to separate? I do think about things like the Federal Bureau of Investigation covering for Hillary Clinton, covering for the Bidens, and then raiding Rudy Giuliani's home. And here's the thing about the system. Like we've talked about before, people choose to become part of it a lot of the time, not because they agree with it. But one, life is better and easier when you're part of it. And two, it really hurts if you stand opposite the system. The system is big enough, is powerful enough to destroy you. Like that. If the system sets its eyes on you, on me, the system can tear you apart. That's why so many people just choose to become part of it. Remember, I've told this story before about the Stasi in East Germany. That the Stasi were the East German secret police who were in charge of eavesdropping on everybody, turning a society against itself, pulling people's fingernails out, executing people, all that stuff, all, all the normal communist stuff that communists do and people were dying to become part of it. Whole families would join the Stasi. Father, mother, son. What w- why? Well, when you're part of it, the salary's better, the food's better, life's good. So people would do things like turn in their own wives or husbands to the Stasi. Turn in their own daughters, kids turning in their parents. Why? you just, They're pulling dad's fingernails out. Why? Well, it's just better if you're on the side of the system and not against the system. I'll do anything to be part of it. All right. Let's get to Medal of Honor Monday. As you know, I am not a good person. I am a bad person. I have never, ever denied this. We don't do anything right or decent on this show except for Medal of Honor Monday. Every single Monday, We grab a Medal of Honor citation and we read it on the air. We do that because these men deserve to be remembered. Their deeds deserve to be remembered. And it's not enough to know their deeds happened. It's not enough to know these citations exist. You must read them and think about them. Otherwise, they get forgotten. And these men deserve better than that. Let's do this. Vietnam War, United States Marine Corps, Lance Corporal Jose F. Jimenez. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a fire team leader with Company K and operations against the enemy, Lance Corporal Jimenez's unit came under heavy attack by North Vietnamese soldiers concealed in well camouflaged emplacements. Lance Corporal Jimenez reacted by seizing the initiative and plunging forward toward the enemy positions. He personally destroyed several enemy personnel and silenced an anti-aircraft weapon. Shouting encouragement to his companions, Lance Corporal Jimenez continued his aggressive forward movement. He slowly maneuvered to within 10 feet of hostile soldiers who were firing automatic weapons from a trench and, in the face of vicious enemy fire, destroyed the position. Although he was by now the target of concentrated fire from hostile gunners intent upon halting his assault, Lance Corporal Jimenez continued to press forward. As he moved to attack another enemy soldier, he was mortally wounded. Lance Corporal Jimenez's indomitable courage, aggressive fighting spirit, and unfaltering devotion to duty upheld the highest traditions of the Marine Corps and the U.S. Naval Service. Those Vietnam guys, brother. Those Vietnam guys, man, you know what? We might be doing another Vietnam story this week. I love these Vietnam stories. I find it to be such a fascinating such a fascinating conflict and so awful, but that's part of what makes it fascinating. And you hear, you have these tales of just this absurd heroism on our side. Anyway, back to what we were talking about: Balkanizing when I tell you to separate. Leave, if, you, if it's at all possible, leave your blue area, move to a red one, and make it redder. Don't move there and sit and enjoy it. Move there, make it redder. Go take over your local school board. Take over your local city council. Become an activist. I say these things, and I understand these things are already starting to happen across the country. But here's what I get when I say some stuff like this. I get this. Well, Jesse, I don't. You say to take over the school board and don't just ban them teaching communism, make them teach your values. I don't want that. I just want teachers just not teaching any values. Okay, I understand your point. You're a human being. A teacher is a human being. Do you think, in any setting, no matter what the setting is, do you think? You could sit down in front of me and I could stand up and speak to you for eight hours a day on any subject and you wouldn't pick up on the fact that I'm on the right. Do you think that's humanly possible? Do you think that would come across? I don't care if we're talking about algebra. Do you think that would come across pretty obviously to you in a day or two? It's not remotely, not remotely believable that a teacher can stand in front of students for eight hours a day and not have their values come across. That's one. Two, this is what I mean when I say the right has to have an entire mindset change and the right is going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. When I say a mindset change, I say things like make sure they teach your values. You say, "No, I don't I don't want that. I, don't, I that doesn't sound that doesn't sound conservative." Yeah, that's how you lost the culture war to the communists in less than 100 years because that's what they do. They don't demand an impartial school board. And I just want the teacher to teach it down the line. They want the teacher to stand up in front of your kids and teach them to hate the United States of America and themselves. Why do you think half the country hates the place now? You must become more active, more offensive. You must change your mindset. There is not a mind-your-own-business way out of the pickle we're in. And that sucks because I'm the king of mind-your-own-business. But it does not exist. There's not a laissez-faire way, oh, well, live and let live, You can't live and let live your way out of communism. That's not how it works. If you wanted that, like I do, then we shouldn't have lost the culture war. Okay, we lost it. Now we got to address some things. We'll let Michael Malice yell at me about that here in just a second. NWretention.com. while I'm talking to you right now, go, go and check the place out. I would highly recommend you check out their scout chest holster. That's their bestseller. I will tell you full disclosure. I have one of the join or die inside the waistband holsters. That's how I carry my concealed weapon around. But listen to me when it comes to protecting your life or someone else's life, Do not leave it up to some stock holster you bought that some company manufactured in China in bulk. Go to nwretention.com, Northwest Retention Systems. They will custom make you a holster. It is the difference sometimes, oftentimes. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. Might as well save some money. That gets you 10% off. It is The Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Joining me now, as he does every Monday at this time, host of your welcome, Michael Malice, also author of The Anarchist Handbook. I'm anxious to read this and find out about his crazy ideology. Michael, you are unique in that you're one of the few people on, I don't even know if I would say you're on the right. I don't even know how to describe you. But you're one of the the few people on my side, I consider you to be on my side, who's comfortable playing offense, yet you're an anarchist. Why isn't the rest of the right comfortable playing offense? You bring up anything offensive to them, and they cringe at it in in horror. Is it weakness? What is it?
7: Oh, I don't think it's weakness. I think it's often a rational choice, because there is an asymmetry, right? If if you're on the left, and you play offense, and you lose, You're going to have people backing you up. You will be regarded as a hero, if not a martyr. Whereas on the right, there is an enormous amount of systemic um, uh, mechanisms in place to make sure you don't even get started. And it starts in school. Because, you know, if you're in school and you have left offender views, you're going to be valorized. Like, let's have a charity drive. Like, here's a good example. If you look at sitcoms, right? There's this trope of these, like, kind of teenage neurotic girls who are, like, really smart. Lisa Simpson, there was one Degrassi, Tina Fey, obviously, is not a teenager with that kind of vibe. And on these shows, they're all, like, working for the environment. They're going to have a fundraiser. Imagine if one of these characters had a fundraiser to help someone who is pro-life raise their kid. The backlash should be enormous. So starting from a very young age, there's enormous asymmetry as to what views are acceptable and what views are not. And people, when they're young and vulnerable, are going to get scared and they're going to learn a lesson. So I think it makes a lot of sense because this has been going on for a very long time. Michael,
3: understanding that both of us very much would like to see the entire government school system raised to the ground, everybody yes. fired, insulting the earth on which it stood, I understand that's what we would like. But we have to live in the world in, that we have now. Are yeah. we seeing good steps when we see cities take over and ban things like critical race theory? Are people waking up and trying to take back these communist education camps?
7: Uh, you can't taking it back is not accurate, Jesse. I think this has been by design for over a hundred years. What we're seeing, and Corey DeAngelis, who's been taking point on this, I'm mm-hmm. sure you probably follow oh, yeah. him on Twitter. Absolutely. The point being, it's not a um, issue of politics or Republican or conservative. If you are a parent and your kid, who's four or five years old, has to go to school. And be told he's prejudiced, he's racist, that he's a bad person or she's a bad person at an early age. You don't have to have any views on politics at all to be like, I want my child to have these weird feelings put into their mind for absolutely no reason by people who I don't respect, who have never accomplished anything in their lives. So I think – and it's also cheaper And choice is always why I'm an anarchist. Choice is always preferable to having one government option. It's not a complicated um, uh, position to take. And I think, thankfully, increasingly, people on the right are realizing that's the case when it comes to things like the police.
3: Are we already are are we already moving in the appropriate direction when you look at the states that are emptying with people, the states that are filling up with people? Now we have people like I already brought up the schools. It just it seems like everyone yells at me when I say people should balkanize. It seems like we're already doing it.
7: Yeah, I think it's for the first time in history. You know, uh, you know, one of the questions conservatives have is why have why is the left so taking over Hollywood and and the media? And there's several reasons for this. And one of this historically is being left correlates very heavily with openness, right? It's being open to new ideas. This has good consequences, bad consequences. For the first time, I think in American history, you have people fleeing New York City and LA, which have been the cultural centers for better or worse for over a century, and they're now going to. Austin, Miami, which are uh, both in red, red, increasingly red states, maybe Texas a little decreasingly. And this is going to, I think, have profound consequences where people who are at least critical of the cathedral are going to be getting together and creating their new alternative culture, which I think smart people on the right have understood for a very long time needs to happen. Anyone on the right who thinks the Republican Party is going to be your mechanism of saving this country, I, I, at this point, I don't think there's anything I could tell you other than that you're complete delusional, which I know you do not believe that as well.
3: No, I do not believe that. What I don't know is how that ends, though. Does the GOP end? Does the GOP remake itself into something that can actually defend us? Does it die? Is a third party rise? How does this go? Where does this go?
7: You're also forgetting, and, and, you know, there might be an enormous amount of infighting on the Democratic Party. Joe Biden has done a lot better at fighting the hardcore left than uh, Donald Trump did in 2020. Uh, The entire Biden campaign, which is DOA, was the Democratic Party basically stealing the nomination from Bernie, getting on the phone with Klobuchar and Buttigieg and said, yeah, Biden's our guy. And, you know, Biden and and, um, uh, uh, Bernie is an AOC or S.O.L., so uh, I think you, we might see cuz the Democratic party is so interested in controlling the institutions and controlling power that there's might be a lot of room for ugliness within that party that uh, might bu- bubble under. We saw it happen in the Clinton years as well.
3: That is true. We always focus on the infighting in ours without realizing there are different parts of theirs. Michael, I'm looking at a headline TSA extends face mask requirement until September. Uh, on a macro level, setting the TSA aside, when When is the time is the time ever going to come where people just take them off and they 're just done with this whole thing? How long do people have to still pretend this does this does something
7: here's what's going to start happening you're going to have people of color in urban areas stop wearing the masks, and urban whites leftist urban whites are going to be too scared to say anything, and at a certain point they're going to just give up the ghost as well So I think this is going to be the kind of thing where it's going to be on the books, but it's not going to be enforced. A friend of mine was just on a plane. She never had the mask over her nose. No one cared, including the people who are on the staff. And it, there's, there's the official principles, and then there's the thing where everyone looks the other way. Uh, marijuana you know, is another example. Like, yeah, it's on the books in many places, but people just do what they want, and you know, everyone looks the other way. So I don't know how it would work officially, but in terms of an enforcement and imposement, I think it's going to fall away pretty darn quickly
3: speaking of the devil's lettuce are, are we going to see a lot more I, I mean I, I just assumed that all fifty states would have that thing legal within ten years especially now that they carpet bomb their own economy and need a new way to pillage us for tax dollars or is that oversimplifying things well
7: I think it's a little oversimplifying things because it's very hard to uh you know, be under the influence of some of these substances and watch the media and look at it the same way. It's kind of like that movie, They Live. It's just like, oh, these people are sociopaths and are lying. And this is all a complete delusion trying to control us.
3: Michael, uh, China. What should, as an anarchist, what should the uh, United States of America do about Chinese influence in American companies, American entertainment? I view that as a very, very, very big deal, but it seems a little bit uh, fascist to have uh, the National Guard storm a Hollywood studio. What's the
7: right thing to do? Um, Burn down the New York Times building would be a good start, and we could take it from there. (laughs) You know, but... How, how
3: influential is the New York Times anymore? You talk about this Extremely. all the time, how they're – okay, they are.
7: You don't think they are? You don't think that's where – I mean, this, the New York Times has gone from they're going to train the parents who are going to train the children, and now they are fighting to directly – it's a newspaper, but somehow they're rewriting American History, the 1619 Project, and providing mechanisms to directly control and manipulate our school children. So if that isn't influential, I don't know what is.
3: Oh, that's actually a really good point. All right, Anarchist Handbook, when can we get this thing?
7: It's getting pub it's getting sent to Amazon today. I'm going to get my author copies this week, so you might have it within a week.
3: Michael Malice, everybody tune into all everything he does. Thank you, brother.
7: Always a pleasure, Jesse. Take care.
3: <sighs> it's one thing I, I you can't really get. I don't know that there is a right or wrong answer. How much influence does something like the New York Times still have? He brought up a good point. That 1619 project, critical race theory, America's evil stuff that did come from the New York Times. It's now taught in over 3000 schools. All right. We have emails and we have an elderly couple. I admire. Hang on.
4: Jesse Kelly
3: you know the worst thing about quitting dipping was failing. It wasn't even the the nicotine withdrawals and I know you get those. I know you're going through it where you get a little bit <clears throat> snappy for a couple days. It's not that. it was the failing part of it and I I'll be honest, it didn't take me a month to quit. This was this was a process that took multiple years for me. When you've dipped for years, it can take a long time. But the reason it took so long, I didn't use Jake's Mint Chew at first. I didn't know it was out there. I didn't have a non-tobacco, non-nicotine dip to help me transition off of it. But you can jump right ahead to the end game now. Go get Jake's Mint Chew. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 20% off.
0: It is the one country in the world that has the military, economic, diplomatic uh, capacity to undermine or challenge the rules-based order that we we care so much about and are determined uh, to defend. But I want to be very clear about something, and this is important. Our purpose is not to contain China, to hold it back, to keep it down. It is to uphold this rules-based order um, that China is posing
3: a challenge to. Well, we're not trying to contain China? This is this is the problem. That was Secretary of State Blinken on 60 Minutes being as nice as he can be to the communist Chinese. What has happened to us? What has happened to our country? Don't you remember Democrats like... Uh, John F. Kennedy. Chris, find me a John F. Kennedy speech blurb of something. Find me some John F. Kennedy audio about him talking about the Soviet Union, maybe during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis or something like that. Set aside Democrat, Republican. It doesn't matter. But this country used to be so bold and brash when we talk to our enemies and about our enemies. It, It used to be in your face. We're America. Bring it. You don't scare me. What do we say now? Well, we'd really, we don't want to, we don't want to oppose China. I, we don't, look, hey, we're all friends here, right? When China's out there every day telling everyone, oh, we oppose America. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're absolutely opposing the United States of America. Gosh, it's pathetic. All right, let's get this to me. emails Chris. Oh, you have one? Oh, play it.
0: The government would never become involved in rendering such assistance, unquote. That statement also was false. Acting, therefore, in the defense of our own security and of the entire Western Hemisphere, and under the authority entrusted to me by the Constitution, as endorsed by the resolution of the Congress, I have directed that the following initial steps be taken immediately. To halt this offensive buildup, a strict quarantine on all offensive military equipment under shipment to Cuba is being initiated.
3: That's how presidents used to talk. In defense of the Western Hemisphere. They're not even talking America. No, we're in the Western Hemisphere. Bring it, commie scum. Think about this. That used to be the Democratic Party. Look at the difference between what they were. And play Blinken again, Chris. Look at the difference between what they were and now what they are. To undermine or challenge the
0: rules-based order that we... uh... Uh, we care so much about and are determined uh, to defend. But I want to be very clear about something, and, and this is important. Our purpose is not
3: to contain China, to hold it back, to keep it down. <laughs> what? what? Oh, gosh. You know Play me heavy D again. Play me heavy D again. I need some—this—listen, GOP, listen to me. What I'm saying when I talk about being bold and standing up and fighting for something and whatnot, it's not just me speaking. I speak to non-political people all day long. I don't live, work, and worship in Washington, D.C. I'm telling you, your side, your base, GOP, the American people in general, not just Republicans, they're dying for bold, a bold defense of America, a somebody who speaks against evil things. This is how you speak.
1: Um, this proposition that we are a systemically racist country, Your reaction?
6: Well, it's a bunch of horse manure. I mean, give me a break. This country uh, has had more opportunity for more people than any country in the history of the world. And it doesn't matter where you trace your ancestry from. We've had people that have been able to succeed and all. And here's the problem with things like critical race theory that they're peddling. They're basically saying all our institutions are, are bankrupt. And they're they're illegitimate. Okay, so how do you have a society if everything in your society is illegitimate? So it's a very harmful ideology, and I would say uh, really a, a race based version uh, of, of a Marxist type
3: ideology. So
6: we've banned it in our
3: schools. That's how you speak, and yet get this: Did you know the Republican Party had a big conference in Florida? The con- the Congress, uh, Congress, the Republicans in Congress had a big conference in Florida. To figure out their agenda going forward in 2022. And it's so freaking lame. It's so Washington watered down GOP stand for nothing. A little less of this. This makes me uncomfortable, man. This party has got to become bold. That's why the GOP, look, what Michael Malice said earlier, if you missed it, by the way, the whole show is podcasted on iHeart and Google and Spotify and iTunes. But Malice was talking about earlier how the GOP can't save us. They're not going to save us. And I agree. In its current form, they cannot. I do wonder, though. I do wonder this. What if the GOP is going to slowly but surely be remade? Think how many weak, gutless, the hardcore, never Trump Republicans have either been bounced from office or flat out didn't run the next time because they knew they were going to lose. You can yell about these types all you want, but you, you know that their numbers are dwindling fast, really fast. All right, it's time to get to some emails and we have Selena Zito coming up in a half hour. What does the general public think about all this CRT nonsense? Hang on.
7: Brought to you by
0: the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
3: We have a ton of show still to get to. Selena Zito, remember? She's that writer for every major publication in the country. She's the one who lives, works, and worships in the Rust Belt swing states. She won't fly. She travels the back road. She talks to the voters who decide elections. You know, you and I don't decide elections, sadly. We can help. We can coerce. We can lead some people. But the guy who pays attention for maybe 10 minutes a day as he sits down and puts his feet up at night in the state of Pennsylvania, that's the guy who decides elections. That's who Selena Zito talks to. That's why she predicts who wins the election virtually every time. She was the only one to call Trump's win. Everyone made fun of her, and she said, you don't understand what's happening. He's going to win out there. I'm going to ask her, what does the public think? The public that doesn't get a voice, what do they think about this critical race theory nonsense and the direction the country's going? We're going to ask you that in about 30 minutes. Hang on.
4: jesse kelly show this is the jesse kelly show
3: i promise you the president has a big stick Why are you like this, Chris? It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember to send in your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them. I will not respond. I get way too many, but I read them all. You send it. I read it. Jesse, I was listening to your always amazing Ask Dr. Jesse show while getting some post-workout exercise when the email from the 28-year-old Hawaiian dime was so excellently answered by you. In case you missed Friday's show, we do, we do an Ask Dr. Je- Jesse show every single Friday. We got an email from some dime in Hawaii well, I mean, she didn't include a picture. She says she is, and I'm assuming she was, by the sounds of the email Some six-foot blonde dime in Hawaii that was frustrated with dating and wanted to know where to find a good guy and couldn't find anybody and so on and so forth. So that's what he's talking about. He continues. I am 41, divorced since I was 28, and have never even attempted to date again. Many of the reasons you mentioned for people not meeting are very true, But there's more to it for me. Today, everything about people's relationships are blasted out across social media, especially by women. As a private man, I don't use any social media, not even the one that you can't be kicked off of. And I absolutely don't like the idea of dating a woman who posts everything that happens about us for the world to see. If we were back in the late 1990s when I was a teenager, I would be more interested. But these days, single life is pretty sweet. Thanks for what you do. And he didn't say I could read his name. Remember, I will never, ever, ever read your name unless you tell me to read your name because I also am a private person who respects people's privacy. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. I, I think it's horrifying how much stuff people put out on social media now, publicly, for everyone to see. Privately, I don't care, but publicly the things people say it blows me away uh, the, the, you know what it's not even the happy it's not even the happy stuff you know that's the, everyone does that oh look we're on a date or something like that especially women women get excited about it they want to brag to their friends about it and rub it in their stupid faces that they found yeah, that's fine what blows me away is people who trash their their um, imp- their former employer Or the person they used to date or be married to. I'm blown away by the people who do this publicly. Let's have a little talk. And we've had this talk before. But kids, this is for you. Pay attention. Even though I know a lot of adults want to hear this too. Pay attention. Never. Ever. Ever. Under any circumstances. No matter how good it feels. No matter how much they deserve it. Never blast your former employer or your ex publicly ever never but jesse you don't understand he 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 took the dog and he slashed my tires and he ra- i don't care i don't care jesse you don't understand i left this employer because i found out he was embezzling and then and, and there was harassment in the world that- i don't care you're not hearing me it's not about them your ex-employer your ex-husband, wife, girlfriend, whatever the case may be, they probably deserve the blasting. And I know that blasting will feel good when you put it up on Facebook. I just want to tell you, I left Sarah because she was mean. And then all your buddies could get on there and be like, yeah, buddy, I'm so glad. High five for you. Let's meet for beers. She was a witch. It's not about them. It's about you and your future. You know... Who sees you blast your ex, that next potential woman who was thinking about going out on a date and giving you some smooches. And you know what she sees? She sees somebody who's perfectly willing to blast her publicly if the relationship ends badly and she chooses to go elsewhere. Ladies, talking to you now. Dudes are guilty of this too, but you're worse. I left him because he was such a scumbag. The next guy who was thinking about taking you out on a date because you got some pretty eyes, he just watched you get on Facebook and destroy your ex-boyfriend. He doesn't want to be part two. He's just going to go ahead and move on. Employees implies to you, I can't believe how much I see this from my own side all the time, from everywhere. I see this all the time. I I I left I left Bob's tires. You wouldn't believe what a scumbag Bob is. Never treated me right. Too many hours. It, and then I and then I caught him doing this. And it Bob's a scumbag. Screw Bob's tires. Okay, that's good. I I hope you got lots of retweets and stuff on that. Your buddies all cheered for you. You're right, man. I never like Bob's tires. I only get my tires somewhere else. And that's you out handing in a handing out a resume, trying to get a job. Your next employer, any employer worth their salt. You know, the first thing they do, that's the sound of someone typing, by the way. I do my own sound effects. Oh, let's look at uh, his social media account. Oh, wow. Looks like he really blasted Bob's tires. I mean, we have another equally qualified candidate here. Do we really want to hire the guy who's going to blast us too if we don't treat him right? Nah. Keep Criticism to yourself when it's about your ex, your ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, or employer. Keep it to yourself. It's not because they don't deserve to get blasted. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. It's not about that at all. It's about you and your future. And he's right. People have to put everything out there publicly. Now, one thing, look, people act like social media is only bad. That's ridiculous. Social media can be very, very bad, and it can be very, very good. It just totally depends. But one thing it definitely does, it's made everybody want to be famous because you can get, even in small doses, you can get famous. One funny post, all of a sudden 10,000 people, ah, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Feels good. Picture of you and your man out on a date. Oh, you guys are so beautiful. I love you. Feels good. But what it's done is it's created a society of people who need that for their self-confidence, who need that fuel in their life, or they feel like they're missing out on somebody, on something. You need to get to a place in your life where you don't need anybody to feel like you had a good day or had a good moment. Dr. Sombrero. You should, be, you should start calling your sunroof a gunner's hatch, and it will add a level of manliness that would make a pink pickup seem tough. Love the show. Thanks for all your freedom. He said, say my name. His name's Rob Devine. I, and he has to include how to pronounce the names. He says something about it, Because I'm a, Marine, I'm a Marine, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. You know what? That's not very nice, Rob. That's not very nice. Okay, in case you're wondering... The sunroof is still not fixed. I have to tell for those who missed it, I have a pickup truck because I'm too big to fit in anything but a pickup truck. The one I wanted came with a sunroof. I didn't request the sunroof. And then like the second time I ever used it, because no one ever uses a sunroof, especially not in the tropics of Houston. The second time I ever used it, it breaks. I have to take it in. I, because I I believe in shopping for small businesses, being more purposeful with how I spend my money, I take it to the local mechanic who charges me $3,000 to air fingers, quote, fix my sunroof. I now drive around it. It has a huge rattle in it. I have to return there to have them put extra parts on it, and this whole thing has become a disaster. All right. China's cracking down on Christians. Hang on.
4: out catch up jessekellyshow.com
3: have you ever had a holster come apart on you when you were trying to draw your weapon i have i have the part that clips to my belt stayed on my belt and the entire holster came out with my weapon and i couldn't pull the trigger now by the grace of god i was on a gun range and not staring down the barrel of a crazed gunman somewhere but what if i had been well you wouldn't be here listening to the sound of my voice now when i say buy custom gear Gear that you depend on to save your life. I mean, it might save your life. Why do you think all those special forces guys obsess over the gear they carry sunglasses and holsters and pants and shoes? Because they know oftentimes that's what gets you home alive. Go to NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the code Jesse at checkout for 10% off. We have Selena Zito coming up in 10 minutes. What does the general voting but not active public think about all this critical race theory nonsense? What do they think about Joe Biden so far? I want to know what I I know what you think. I know what I think. I want to know what they think of it. What does the general public think of all this? Woke garbage. Play that CIA ad again, Chris. What does the general public think? What are the percentages when they find out the Central Intelligence Agency is putting this out as a recruitment app?
2: When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration.
3: What in the world are we doing? What are we doing? TSA extends face mask requirement until September. It's not about the TSA. Of course, that's obnoxious. And now we're going to have to go walk through the airports and sit beside each other in the, in the waiting area with no mask on. And then, of course, put your mask on to get on the plane. But take your mask off when you eat and drink and then put your mask. But it's not about that. It's I'll be genuinely curious. And I don't have a prediction on this. I'll be genuinely curious how long the mask thing lasts. I can easily see a world where people are wearing masks 10 years from now. Chris, is that out of line? Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. And now, what blows me away is how ch- how how different the mindset is depending on where you are regionally. Now, it's not an equal. It's not. It's not. You know, it's not just that simple. But a lot of it is. There are places out there, especially urban areas, Democrat-controlled urban areas. Where people are legitimately scared to death still to this day. They've had a mask on every time they leave the house. The mask when they're driving in their car. Their hand sanitizer everywhere. They won't go see family and friends. There are people out there living like that. We We haven't had any of that stuff here for a year. I told you my folks were in town from out of town. and We went to dinner with them last night. And we're walking up to a a restaurant, and the restaurant actually had on on the door, it had a face mask required. And my old man says, oh, shoot, I don't have my mask. We got to go back for the mask. And I said, Dad, I don't have my mask either. Nobody cares. This is Texas. And he kind of looked at me funny. He's like, really? I said, watch. And we all, all of us, it was like six of us rolled in there. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. No one said anything, and no one else was wearing one either. That mentality the, the lives people have lived for the last year and the lives they're going to live for the next 10 years, what it's going to do is it's going to greatly accelerate the balkanization of the United States of America because there are people trapped in these lockdown, masked up urban hellholes, and they're simply not going to live that way. They, they don't want to live that way. They don't want to raise their family like that. And what are they doing? They're all buying a house in Florida right now or Texas. Or they're going out to the Rocky Mountains, Montana, Idaho. It's just, it's, it's rapidly increasing the pace of our balkanization. The question is, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I, I view it as an inevitable thing. I guess we're going to find out how this thing turns out in the end. Email. Dr. Jesse. You are absolutely correct that garlic bread is the best side with wings. For beeps and giggles now, I'm about to make your garlic bread even better. Pay attention, everyone. And remember, if you miss any part of what this genius is about to say, you can catch the whole show. It's podcasted after the show's done on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. You ready? Pay attention. First, You need some tallow. Put away the butter in olive oil. Tallow is beef fat. My favorite way to render it is from trimming brisket. Cook it down in a cast iron pan and remove the chunks when they start to brown and blacken by straining it. He says they make great dog treats. Take the amount of fat you're going to use on the bread and add in your spices, garlic, black black pepper, onion powder, etc. to taste. Let it all soak and marinate for at least 30 minutes. Pour over your bread and bake slash warm, depending on if you're using pre-baked bread or making it from scratch. Tallow has an incredible flavor. This will absolutely be a game changer for you. Oh my goodness, Chris. I have never... I have never, for one, I've never mixed my ingredients in the butter I'm about to put on it before I put on it. I've bought like the store-bought, our local grocery store has this great store-bought garlic bread butter that already has it pre-mixed, but I've never done it myself, and I've never done it with black powder or black pepper. I live for black pepper. I'm definitely going to be including that some of that in it. That's one. Two, this tallow sounds phenomenal. Let me ask you, though. Why couldn't I do this with bacon fat, with bacon grease? Is there a good reason not to do this with bacon grease, right? Am I out of line? I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to make garlic bread with bacon grease. I think I just took your email and I improved your email. And now, when this works out, I'm going to take all the credit and not give you any because I'm a terrible person and I'm not bound by morals. That's sweet. You know what isn't sweet, Chris? This is from com. China Christianity Crackdown shuts down religion and Bible apps. The Chinese Communist Party recently enacted a nationwide crackdown on Christianity in the past week, according to multiple media reports. China also reportedly shut down Christian-based apps and what appears to be the persecution of Christians and the authoritarian regime. International Christian concern a United States based uh, non-partisan Christian organization that attempts to bandage the wounds of persecuted Christians and build the church in the toughest parts of the world reported that there was a major crackdown in Christianity in China that started on Saturday. The Bible apps have been removed from the app store while Bibles in hard copy are not available for sale online. Those who wanted to download Bible apps has to use a VPN to circumvent the firewall. You know this is why I'm so hard on soft American Christianity. This is what drives me nuts. This is why I scream all the time that the pastors and rabbis have to lead. You in America have it good. There are people around the world dying for what you believe and can practice freely here. why are we Why are we wasting it? Why are we so soft? We don't have the courage to speak out against disgusting, evil, murderous communism from the pulpit. You don't have the guts to speak out about that here in America while people are dying for what they believe around the world. That's terrible. It's time to set aside the concern for your tax exempt status and start being more bold. All right. We have Selena Zito coming up next. Remember, she's the one with the pulse on the average Rust Belt swing voter. What do they think about Joe Biden's first 100 days and critical race theory and everything else? Do they miss Donald Trump? I want to know what she's hearing out there. All that coming up next.
8: 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest.
0: And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke.
4: My memory is shot. When I
8: woke up, I
0: couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. To ask your doctor, check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.
3: Joining me now, as she often does, is the great Selena Zito, author of The Great Revolt, columnist for, well, pretty much everybody, and lady with her finger on the pulse of Rust Belt swing states who decide who the next president's going to be. Selena, overall, from a 30,000-foot view, are people you talk to happy so far with the new administration?
8: Hey, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot of um, stories out there that have um, information on data collected about how people see this administration, and so I think what the data is, And and many of the stories that are being written say that that overall people are very happy with this administration. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's incredibly misleading, uh, in particular uh, among the voters who placed uh, this administration into office, uh, because uh, all these stories lead with one one variable about it. But if you look at it overall, voters were looking uh, for uh, stability. Uh, and, and they're not feeling, that's the thing they're not feeling is stable with this administration.
3: Okay. So they're not feeling stable. Do they still, I'm assuming they still like Joe Biden personally. Is that still a thing?
8: No, I think if you look into, you get more granular and you look at, at his favorables and unfavorables. He's slipping among the people who put him into office uh, because he's turned out to be much more strident in his approaches on policy than he promised to be. So there was a lot of talk ahead of the uh, election about not taking away jobs in energy. And yet those were the first things that happened in the, um, within the administration. There was a promise to be a more um, thoughtful, compassionate force when it came to um, uh, dealing with the, the problems at the border. Instead, it has escalated to a crisis, and it has led to uh, Democrats, Republicans, and Independents being unsatisfied with how this has been mitigated.
3: Okay, why are they unsatisfied? I always, I, I get this a lot, Selena, like uh, with Trump's coronavirus handling. People will yell all the time, I didn't like how he handled it, but you ask him for details, they have virtually no details for you whatsoever. You're the only one who ever came on and said, well, it was older people, and they didn't like how he talked. What don't right. they like about Joe Biden's handling of the border?
8: A, B, because he is, his allegiance is not to what is the better for the country, what is better for Texas, what is better for the border communities. Instead, it is an allegiance to um, the progressive wing of his country. Party. Something that people complained about the Republicans being having an allegiance to the Tea Party wing of their party. Um, people have a level of expectation, and in, in particular, if that's how you sell your campaign, that you are going to be the party of president for everyone. And yet, that has been proven over and over again to be the opposite of how um, uh, President Biden, what his comportment is on um, on governing. He's not governing as someone for everyone.
3: He's governing. uh... Oh, no. I think we, you know what happened, Chris? You know what happened? Selena was, Selena was, she was busy talking. She's having a conversation. And she's giving us an explanation. But then she got to thinking, I want to hear what Jesse thinks. I should just stop talking. What? Chris, that's totally what happened. Jesse's so smart, I bet he knows all the answers. I'll let him answer anyway. No, she was in a car. I think we just lost her signal. So, no, it's okay. We'll catch her again on another day, Selena Zito. All right. This is what drives me crazy because she's right. And this is I I I half cringe when I bring Selena Zito on the show, uh, not because of her. She's just the best. And the, one of the most knowledgeable people about Getting you and I outside of our bubbles and telling us what people are thinking. She's just the best. But she oftentimes gives us things we don't want to hear. But that's what we have to do, right? Uncomfortable truths. Remember leading up to the presidential election? Back when I thought Joe Biden was going to lose. And Selena Zito said, "Ah, that's not really what I'm hearing out here. People like him. I'm I'm doing that thing that you're doing. How could they like him? He's a liar. That's not what people see. That's not what people see. You and I hear about the buyer's remorse Selena was just talking about with the voters. Ah, oh, he's not governing like like a centrist. And what happens? You and I, we roll our eyes. Now, oh, are you kidding me? How could you be surprised by this? Are you stupid? Well, this is what's this is what's difficult about being a person who cares very much about politics and the direction of the country. That's you. What's difficult about being you is. The people who decide the direction of the country aren't as informed as you. They just don't. And for non-political people, for non-political people, the news is simply a couple headlines they catch in the day. And for political people, people like you and me, we can't relate to that at all. At at all. I I couldn't imagine. I I mean, I'll ask um, family Certain family members or friends I have who are not political people at all, I'll ask them about some huge, huge headline, something that maybe dominated your world for 24, 48 hours, dominated everything. They haven't ever heard of it. And that wouldn't be a big deal, except that's the person who decides elections. Uh, you heard Selena when she talked about why Joe Biden won and Trump didn't. Because old people didn't like how Trump talked about coronavirus. That's ridiculous. That makes me furious. I I, I think people like that drive me nuts and deserve everything they get. At the same time, that's reality. That's the reality we have to deal with. It's people just don't pay attention and they decide elections. It's terrible, man. Dr. Jesse, you are insane. A pride of lions consists of what? All right. All right. We had an Ask Dr. Jesse question on Friday where I was asked if two grizzly bears could take on a pack of lions, and I said no. A pride of lions consists of one male and a harem of females. Are you really telling me that two monster male grizzlies are going to get taken by a bunch of chicks? I think not. The females are going to take a few losses and then go back to their couches and watch the woke female empowerment movie so they feel better while leaving their male leader to be slaughtered by two bloodthirsty grizzlies. P.S. You need to stop being so open about your hatred of nuts and desserts while living in the South. I'm concerned for your physical safety. Love the show and keep it up. The bears are going to go down to a pack of lions. They are. Everybody knows it. Who's the animal fighting expert here? How long have I been theoretically fighting cheetahs and everything else. Remember on Friday show if you missed our Friday show it was really it was really in depth. We found out Chris didn't even know what wolverines are. <laughs> Jewish producer Chris didn't know what a wolverine is. Chris said, oh, I didn't know what an angle grinder is. Maybe because I just called it a grinder. He ends up showing me a picture of the thing, and I'm like, oh, a grinder. You can't come up with your own names for stuff, and they'll, I can't believe you didn't know. Headline from the Tennessean.com. Elderly couple uses Morse code training. They use military Morse code training to escape Tennessee assisted living facility. The couple used their knowledge of Morse code to decipher the code to an electronic keypad on a locked door. They listened and listened until the beeps and bops finally made sense, and then it was time to go. A husband and wife briefly escaped from a secure memory unit and an assisted living facility in Lebanon last month by using Morse code. The couple who have dementia and Alzheimer's disease are not identified in the state records. They went missing from Elmcroft of Lebanon for about 30 minutes before a stranger found them walking down the road two blocks from the facility. I love these people, man. (laughs) That's so great. Hang on. I'm not done with this.
4: Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah.
3: The Jesse Kelly Show. You have any idea what it's like to have allergies for years? I mean, I I don't have, I haven't had allergies for a month. I've had allergies for years. You have any idea what it's like to have them for years and all of a sudden not have them anymore? That's where I am right now. And I can thank my Eden Pure Thunderstorms for it. Yes, I used it plural because I own three of them. I don't own one. I own three. Highly recommend you buy more than one. I have one in my room. I have one in the living room. And, of course, I have the one my son stole from me up in their room. This thing has helped me break completely free from allergies. I've never had an air purifier do that for me ever. Go find out what life is like on the other side of it. Go to Eden That's Eden Pure Use the code word Jesse at checkout. That gets you ten bucks off.
5: Without a better carrot. For a bigger stick, many Americans won't get vaccinated and we will suffer more death and dislocation.
3: It is the Jesse Kelly show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. A, a bigger stick, a bigger stick. Chris, play that again. Play that again. Without a better carrot, or a bigger
5: stick, many Americans won't get vaccinated and we will suffer more death and dislocation.
3: Remember what Jesse the Shogun Kelly has told you. Remember what Sombrero Jesse has told you. Every single leftist you know, even the kind gentle ones, they're all an inch away from becoming a tyrant. All of them. Every single one. All it'll take is just a little nudge. Because, And why is that? Because it all comes down to collectivism. If you believe society is one big collective and we're all just supposed to contribute something, if that's your mentality, then your mentality also is the people who aren't contributing what they should be contributing should be removed or controlled in some way so we can go back to being the collective everyone wants it to be. That's why they're all an inch away from becoming a tyrant. Back to this elderly couple that escaped the assisted living facility. The man said he previously worked with Morse code in the military. They won't give out the names. I'm dying to know the background on these people, Chris. Please let this guy be like some World War II code breaker or something like that, busted out of assisted living homes. That's greatness. All right. It's a final segment. Let's get to some headlines I didn't get to. More than 90 people found in Houston in possible smuggling ring, cops say. It is easy to forget about all your blessings, isn't it? Think about this. As we speak, as you're sitting there listening to the beautiful sound of my voice, what, Chris? As we speak, there are people around the globe who are being. Human traffic, slavery, being slave trafficked around the globe, right under your nose, too. That was in Houston. That's a couple miles away from me. This bust happened. It's all around you. Remember that. There's a dark, dark world all around you. Count your blessings whenever possible. Headline. Almost half of the French would support a military intervention to restore order. 49% 49% of the French public would support the military intervening to restore order. Look, it also found that 74% agreed that anti-racism activism has caused the opposite effect of what was expected. They're going through what we're going through. They're just going through it a little bit faster than we are right now. This is, there was a massive upheaval going on in the West, a huge war going on in the West, not just unique to America where the, where the communists are now in a position of power, like they've never been before and they're using it and they're pushing, they're trying to get across the finish line. The right is finally waking up to this fact and they're going to start pushing back. How's it going to manifest itself? You and I've talked about this a hundred times. The right is going to pick a tyrant. Here they are in France. Half the country wants a military coup. The right is going to pick a tyrant. And if you don't like that, and I don't like that, but if you don't like that, understand this. The right will find somebody who will take on the left for them. If you're a small government person, as I am, and you want the the left taken on, or you don't want want a, a tyrant rising on the right, then you had better find out a way to defeat leftism yourself because the right is not just going to accept a loss and march off into slavery to the communists. They will find somebody who will defend them. It will be you or it will be the tyrant around the corner. Powerful teachers union influenced CDC on school reopenings email show. This is according to the New York post.com. Yes, this entire thing, this entire thing has been political from the very beginning and it's all been designed to win elections, give the wealthy and powerful more wealth and power and to hurt you. And it's worked perfectly. And remember this, The panic also pushed by the right at the beginning of coronavirus. The panic was what gave them the vehicle they needed to drive this bus. Headline from from FreeBeacon.com. D-Triple-C chair spent big on travel as he urged constituents to stay home and stop spreading the virus. That's Representative Sean Patrick Maloney. What have I told you a thousand times? It's not that these people are hypocrites. They are, but, I mean, we all are to some level, and politicians especially are. It's not that these people are hypocrites. It's that none of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are actually worried about coronavirus. He's out there spreading fear, spreading panic, stay home, stop the virus, we're all going to die, while he's out spending it up and living it up on vacation. Why? Is he's not worried about getting coronavirus. We're not quite done. Hang on. Jake's Mint Chew. On top of helping you quit dipping... Jake's Mint Chew is made in the United States of America. And let's get back to the, the dipping part of it. I want you to understand if you're a smoker as well, and I did not see this coming, but if you're a smoker, I get emails a lot now from smokers who are using the Jake's Mint Chew CBD pouches to quit because it gives you that fix, right? And that CBD helps take the edge off that comes when you're trying to quit dipping or trying to quit smoking. Go get a couple cans of the CBD pouches. And when you're sitting at your desk at work and it's time for that smoke break, once, just once, throw in a CBD pouch instead and see what it does for you. I am telling you, you can take it from me. It does work. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. If you missed the beginning when we talked about Rommel versus Montgomery, the battle, the big tank battle in the desert, you can catch the whole show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes. Don't forget to leave me a five-star rating and leave me a review discussing how handsome I am. What, Chris, it's important for the show. We're going to keep reading those reviews on the air. Michael Malice was dynamite as always today. Selena Zito, we lost her phone connection, but she killed it out there. Look, people have buyer's remorse with Biden. He's not the great uniter you thought he was going to be. But the question you and I have to have is, why did you think that in the first place? We got to be smarter than this or we're never going to save this place, right? (laughs) All right. That's all. That's 888 84 Jesse, or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Sick of being upsold at gyms? <laughs>
1: It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets